I want to make as strong a push as I can. This is something that really initiated out of our fellowship and has been adopted by and really taken uh, by the churches of North Plaquemine. We have approximately 10 churches that are sponsoring this event, and there are already as many as 20 churches that are bringing men to the conference. We had our first conference back in December of 2016. We had about 160 men registered, but on the day of the event, another 80 to 90 guys registered on site, and we had about 240 to 250 men there. And it was a great, great event. In fact, sitting in this room, one of our brothers gave his heart to the Lord at that event, and so we're just thrilled to see what God is doing and wants to do in our midst. And he I really believe that, like in Acts chapter 17, when they were looking for the disciples and they couldn't find the disciples they were looking for, they came to Jason and they snagged up Jason and they drug him to the officials and they say, these are the men. They've now come to our city. These are the ones who have turned the world upside down. Praise the Lord. They turned their world upside down. This is our generation. This is our time and it's high time that the men of the fellowship, the men of the faith engage in the kingdom of God in a greater measure and turn our city right side up. Can I get an amen? Amen. We want to be a part we don't want to be a part of just another conference where we go and we only hear some great preaching. I'm all for that. But I'm and we are for the transformation of men where we become men of God, where we hand the reins to Jesus in our lives and we allow Jesus to run the stagecoach. We submit to the authority of Christ in our lives. Then in the role of husbands for those who are married, that we would be husbands first to the Lord, if you will, and that we allow Christ to live through us, that we can be the best husbands for our wives. Come on, ladies, that was your chance. That's a hearty amen. Yes. And then, <laughs> I heard that man <laughs> in a those men who are fathers, that we would have the father heart of God, and that we would raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, loving them, loving them, raising them and preparing them in an education. Oh, that God would help us to be then that we would be leaders in the church. Can I get an amen? Men would arise in their prayer meetings that we would be present
flooded in the house, not only by women, but by men whose hearts are bored deep about heart, we talk about soul, today we're talking about relationships. So, through our series, our theme verses have been Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Seek first what? Seek first what? of God. Matthew 6.21 For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If our treasure is in the kingdom of God, our heart will be in the kingdom of God. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Matthew 22 verses 36 through 40 Jesus was asked the question, which is the great commandment of the law? He responded, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and all of the prophets. In other words, The entirety of the Word of God hinges on Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 and Leviticus chapter 19 verses 18. Love God, love man. Love God, love man. That's that's this foundation. That's this heart change. That's this soul interaction with the Spirit of the Word of God.
Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, where I read, he says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your neighbor. Let me stop here reading that verse. He says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. Just real quick, this is how the Word of God will interact with our hearts and our souls. If here this morning already you realize that you have sought vengeance on someone where you want to, you know, kind of play tit for tat with someone, they got me, so now it's my turn, back and forth, back and forth, I invite you to stop. Well, but you just obey the Word of God. Amen? Because we would discover that if we would do that, we would experience a more abundant life. And the person that we're playing tit for tat with would also experience a more abundant life. Because they would experience love. Because the Bible says love covers a multitude of offenses. Amen? That helps us to love. And it says to bear no grudge. Anybody here ever bear a grudge before? Man, I think I, there have been times in my life where I've carried a knapsack of grudges around. And I'm like, this load's getting heavy. The Bible says, let us lay aside those weights that so easily beset us. Oh, if I could just let the grudges go. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 reminds us that love carries no record of wrongdoing. Oh, boy. I can see already where I need the Spirit of God to continue His work in me and transforming my heart, not carrying records of wrongdoing. Anybody here have a Rolodex of records? on some of the things that folks have done in your life, and, well, I, I don't want to see that because I'm going to talk to that person because you get the list of all those things that they have done against you. Lord, help us to do that. So let's protect such courage. Now, that being said, loving God, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. A little bit of a review this morning in this first point, if you will, of this sermon is love God. It really is the motto of our church, loving God, loving people, and serving others. First two, loving God and loving people. Those are incorporated into one as well because that's what love does. Love responds to service, if you will. But loving God, it's a little bit of a review. We love God because He first loved us. We can love God because He first loved us. A natural response. We just sang about it. Amazing grace. Leads us on. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 2. There's some men in this room right here that are memorizing this portion of Scripture. Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 13. It says, For the grace of God, which brings salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly lusts. To live upright, sober, and righteous in this present age while we wait for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's the grace of God that leads us, God's grace shown towards us, that our response of gratitude that we might live abundant lives. So, we love God because He first loved us. And... John 3.16, Matt started to quote that, I believe, while he was praying, or at least sometime time, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That is God's love toward us. He gave his son 
He emptied heaven, if you will, in the demonstration of His love. Romans 5, verse 8 says this, God demonstrates His love toward us. It's a demonstrated love. He demonstrates His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. A substitutionary death. A death that every single person in this room, you deserve. Jesus said, I'll die for them. I love them so much, I will die for them. I will die in their place. The death that they deserve because the wages of sin is death. He said, I will take their compensation. I will die in their place. I will take the punitive damage for their sin. Judgment. people have heard that someone doesn't want to come to Christianity because of all the do's and don'ts. Have you heard that? The rules and the regulations, right? Maybe you've even felt that in your heart. You feel like, oh, there's just so many rules and unwritten rules. And there aren't. But what we oftentimes misunderstand is this It doesn't always feel good, and it's not something that I'm always motivated to do. But in the process of time, the more I get to know who God is through the study of His Word, through prayer and fellowship, and this setting here where I'm engaged with other people, and I'm discovering just the life group where I'm discovering Christ in others, and I'm, I'm just falling in love with Jesus more and more. And the more I'm falling in love with Jesus the more the desire to live like Jesus is produced in me. It moves from I have to to And when that transition is taking place,
that Jesus strengthened your falling in love with the Lord as you get into the closer and closer. The more we seek the Lord, the more we esteem the Lord, the more we find the Lord, the more we love the Lord. It's Oh, we'll encourage you to read the Word of God for sure, but we want to encourage you in your study of it. We encourage you to come on Sunday nights where we do verse-by-verse studies. Sunday night where we dig into the Scripture and we make an immediate life application and we discover, wow, I didn't know God was engaged in that part of my life too. And it's so encouraging. So please come on Sunday nights. Spend time studying through the week. Find some study materials. We'll help you find some study materials. If you've missed a sermon, hop on our website. Go scroll down to the bottom of the front page. Click listen and then pop in a sermon. Download it so you can listen to it on your way to work. Wherever where you can be studying God's Word. starts off with the first three chapters in Ephesus. He says, doctrine, 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 doctrine. And it's like full throttle. No, doctrine. And he just tackles it like that. And it's like, here, 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 here. Almost goes, here, 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 here. And then he changes his position in chapters 4 through 6. And we go, oh, this is how I live now. I want to do that anyway. And we realize, man, that's, I actually want to love my children. I actually want to love my wife. I actually want to love my family and friends. I actually want to serve the body of Christ. I actually want to be in a place of spiritual warfare on behalf of my brothers and sisters. I want to seek to defend of faith. I want to do those things. And he just reaffirms that love Listen, church, I promise you, if you have your week, your week, your week, your week of faith, imagine, imagine going to a banquet and you pick up a plate and you're like, I'm not eating that. Is that that? No way. And you can already hear your like, plate's empty and you're like, no one's going to make me eat this food versus coming to the banquet and looking at it going, man, that looks good. <laughs> man, that looks good. And you just start shoveling it on. And we get down to the end, and the, the analogy there is God sets the table. It's up to us to eat the food. And we're hungry. It's all good food. It's all good. And so let's feast in the things of the Lord, right? And so that's this loving God stuff. Learning to love God by the Spirit. We go from obeying to actually being able to abide in Christ. And here's the beauty. Listen. John 14, verse 22. Write this verse down. I don't know if it's on your screen. John 14, 22. 15, yeah. 14, 22 for sure. 1423 says, 
that the Father and the Son love us and they come and they make their home with us. It's a family. That's a, that's a family connection. Man, I am a man of God and he says, I am making my abode right there with you. Let's not have God the Father and God the Son standing at the front door or even in the entryway. Where does your life happen? Where does the real living in your family occur? Man, I know in our house, it is a family. We move from that normal living room, you know, to the family room, sometimes even into the man cave, but where real life occurs We get a munch on the feet that he provides, and it's right in our hands. So that's that loving God stuff. I know that's new to you. It happens around New Year's. So let's dive into loving God. Six ways love, the law of the kingdom of God, love impacts our relationships. Six ways. Now, let's first define the terms, which is loving people. Two terms. Two terms. Love is best defined for us in the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Well, best described or best defined. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Red letters. Jesus. Jesus embodies what love is like. So, yes, yes, and yes. We're not going to go through all four Gospels this morning or this afternoon or this evening because it would take that much time, if not more. But what we are going to do is see the summation of that. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he says these words. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, if you will, uh, chapter 13, and we'll look at verses 4 through the first part of chapter, or the first part of uh, verse 8. with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I But have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave easily. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. This is the greatest love that we can have. 
agape love is Jesus' approval for this decision that we can say People is justified when Luke chapter 10 will turn back a few pages to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and the 10th chapter, Luke chapter 10, and it probably says on the notes, verses 30 through 37, we're going to back it up to chapter chapter 10, verse 25. So in your notes, you can uh, mark that it's 25. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter twenty or chapter ten verse twenty five, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, "Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" Hey, that's a great question. That's a great question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He says to him, "What is written in the law? What is your reading of it?" So he answered and said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have said the right. Do this and you shall have life. He, wanting to justify himself, (laughs) isn't this where a whole lot of us live? We just kind of want to justify where we're at. Oh, when we face God's Word in our hearts, we come to the realization the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow, and it is the discerner of the motives and the intents of the heart. Man, when we seek to justify, the Word of God will penetrate and reveal truth in our true motives in our lives. And this guy, wanting and seeking to justify himself, said, and who is my neighbor? That was a great question, because I love this response. It's just beautiful. Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when when he departed, he took two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Now, which of these two do you think was neighbor to him who fell into the ditch? Neighbor or lover, neighbor or lover. This is a kingdom 
principle. This is a kingdom with power. Loving people measured not by who my neighbor is, but who are they going to be They come in all shapes and sizes and all around us. And so, we should ask ourselves the question, right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It, it's very possible that there are some in this room right now that you don't like yourself. Or maybe you don't like yourself anymore. Maybe you are so disappointed with the way you've made yourself in your own actions, in your own
back up on the curb and say, Jesus set my value. Say that with me. Jesus set my value. Yes. It's interesting. I love the Greeks and the Hellenization of the known world during that day because the Greek language is the most expressive language. I'll give you an example, right? It's an example I've used before. It's, well, they shut down my favorite fast food restaurant. from Southern California know what I'm talking about. When I say chili cheese dog for Wiener Schnitzel, you're already salivating. And let me tell you something. When I say I love your Wiener Schnitzel chili dog, chili cheese dog, and the next sentence out of my wife is, or my, my mouth is, I love my wife. would say it this way, I love your wiener schnitzel chili cheese dog. I agape poeo It's a big deal. The Greeks have a word for family that's a powerful word. A Greek yogurt company calls their yogurt Oiso. Part of the family. Oiso. It's an inhabited family that goes beyond the borders of the actual house. It's relationship. of self, love family, love fellowship, this thing right here, church family. Look at your neighbor and say, man, I love you. Come on. Man, I love you. Some of you probably were like this, well, I have to love you. <laughs> hey, that's okay. You're going to get there, man. You're going to get there. Jesus helped. That's the beauty. Community. God has called us to love those who have yet come into the family of God. Community. God has called us to love the marginalized and the Let's look at each of these things for a little bit. Six areas for love, community, fellowship, community. Let's look at 
Let's look at love itself. Again, I mentioned the true value of Christian fellowship. I think I think understanding love itself really occurs in this And that tradition of 
Whatever I would have given and my parents would have gained some profit from it, I offer it to the Lord and to the temple. I'll call it Corbin, and it's worship to the Lord. Therefore, I have no responsibility. He said, by your tradition, you nullify the word of God. Oh, how great would it be in the family of God and in the kingdom of God if all mamas and papas were taken care of all the way to the day they stand at the cross and we can know that they love us. How about loving loving of our our siblings, that brotherly love? That's that phileo love, right? There's a brotherly love, but there's also an agape love, a family where it's absolutely rich. Four times in the New Testament we're told about this brotherly love. And it's a significant piece and a part of what we do. And so having mutual respect for one another, esteeming one another over ourselves, right? This attitude should be in you, that which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 2. He said, esteeming one another greater than ourselves. How many problems could be solved on the home front with the I remember one time my sister was trying to educate me on the proper propriety of uh, anger management. I was about 13 years old, and I was working on my bicycle in the garage. And uh, if you've worked on bicycles before and you were working on one of the hubs with the crocketed, and you know sometimes taking a big wrench and trying to get it, I didn't have a right size wrench, so here I am using a pipe wrench, a crocket. And it's slipping off, and I'm hitting my knuckles on every spare bolt sticking out. I'm taking flesh off and bloods everywhere. And I finally had to kick my bike off. I beat it against the wall out of frustration. And the neighbor girl, who was about nine years old, she's over, and she's like this in the, in the driveway. Boy, I turned to her, and I just unleashed. You know, it was a verbal assault. And my sister came to the garage door. She had a glass of water, and she just threw it at me. She goes, Cool off. I want you to know that the water never made contact with my skin. It turned to steam before it got my breath and and steam. And I mean, smoke was coming out my ears, and I peeled out after my sister. Now, my parents' home down in Southern California was built to where there was a hallway between the entryway and the family room, and then the family room went into the kitchen eating area, then the kitchen, then into the dining room, then into the living room, back into the hallway, and then the staircase upstairs, and then there was like a foyer in the staircase and four bedrooms up there. Well, every one of the bedrooms was a dead end, so she wasn't going to go in there. So we chased each other around the downstairs. She realized that this was going to open Leah to my father. So she peels upstairs, and she makes it to the bathroom door, and just when she got into the bathroom, she closed the door, and she met my fist on the door. I'm managed to put my fist through the door. Threw it away. She cracks the door open, looks at the hole, looks back, looks at the hole, and she screams, that's not cool, is it? (laughs) Where I'm going with that is, you know conflicts in the bathroom on the uh, weekday school days where the girls need to get their hair done and they're doing their makeup and the guys are like, I just need to go to the bathroom or I need to shower. And then there's all this conflict. Who got there first? Yah, 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 yah. And if we would simply learn to esteem one another, 
over our heads. That what the one person needs to do is more important than what I need. We get that. Here's a thought. How about waking up a few minutes earlier, right? And husbands and wives, if we would do this in our marriages. Proverbs says it this way. Remove the fuel from the fire and what? The fire goes out. You could never use it. By the way, in that story, and my dad would never tell me this, I am still here. <laughs> John 5, 2. By this we know we love the children of God. By this we know we love the children of God. When we love God and keep His commandments. That's how we'll know we love each other because we're keeping the commandments of God. And the commandment of God really is made manifest in love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you love yourself and you love others the way you love yourself, guess what? You will be fulfilling the law of God in Christ Jesus. what it means to love self. You nurture yourself, right? You eat food.
only supplication that we can make is that we would acknowledge our sins and turn from our ways and live according to the way that Jesus Christ teaches us. Oh, to know one anything except He who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in the saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now you should know, brothers and sisters, that there were 611 additional pharisaical law added to the Mosaic law. They took the two, Deuteronomy 6.5, love God, and Leviticus 19, love man, and added 611 laws. And so Jesus says, he names a handful of the Ten Commandments, and then he says, and if there is any other commandment, 600 more, if any of these, he says, all summed up, love your neighbor as yourself. This next one is a lot easier than the last one, which is number three. Um, loving the marginalized. Jesus had a conversation with this group. Because that's why Jesus used the parable of the dollar. Also, Jesus is telling them, I've done all these things. So they wanted to rehash them. You've got everything you have. Give to the poor. Come and follow me. your stuff has you, probably you'll need to sell it because it's worth more. It's okay to have stuff. As long as your stuff doesn't have you. And as long as you're putting the kingdom of God first. Right? Remember, if your treasure's in your house, that's where your heart's going to be. But if your treasure's in the kingdom, that's where your heart's going to be. You understand? Jesus said it this way. I mean, I'm got to digest these things. If your heart 
within the family of God? That's the goal. Is that a hard thing? Yes or no? Right here. Just all these people. Look at your neighbor, Greg. Just kind of say, do you want to stand up and look around at everybody in the room? I see everybody, right? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, it's a big picture. And if our heart's here, or if our treasure's here, guess where our heart will be? Our heart will be here. We'll want to be with the people of God on our planet. Right? That's the goal. It's so rewarding. We get to see Jesus and each other. And that's so encouraging. Oh, fulfilling what the prophet Isaiah said when he, when he read this. But he says the gospel is not for all. Invite the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick. Well, we've done that in this whole room. Look around you. We've done it here in this whole room. Incidentally, look how God's doing in you. Look at your neighbor again and say, I knew it. <laughs> yep. But then he said, go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Invite them. Churches going? You go. And if it gets messy, you don't need three Pauls. Simple as that. Messy. Shamed or hypocrite looking for a place to church when you really don't need it. I said this before. Hey, but if you came looking for the perfect pastor, go find somewhere else. <laughs> it's messy.
The kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of this world. We discover when we read verses, the kingdom of God is going to be different. Number one, we live in both this world and the kingdom of God. If your faith today is in Jesus Christ, we live in both worlds. Two worlds, this world and the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is in heaven, so we are Christ's ambassadors here. We are representations, we are witnesses of Jesus. And that love should be invading our lives to where we look different. Like for instance, the teacher said, Jesus was a Christian. It was people didn't have to go up and say, Hey Levi, I'm a Christian. The world was looking around and saying, These folks live so much like Jesus, they're little Christ. They're Christians. The world declared that. They didn't have to go tell people. It was their witness. They live. Our new life is built on the foundation of the kingdom of God. Our campaign is to be bold and aggressive and truly to take the campaign of God's mighty gospel in the field and the world around us. Submission, if you will, this becoming a rule of faith and conduct. It's a measuring stick.
see six different types of relationships, headers, styles, fonts, colors, communities, marginalized, but today the very thing Paul said, the very thing I was eager to do is to reform things. Or I ask you this, is Jesus eager to help us to live followers of Jesus? We are no longer subject to the law of sin and death. We are subject to the law of Commit these things to you. We are and gird ourselves with grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Have an amazing week in Jesus. And ladies, come and grab one of these flowers up here in front. Mamas especially. Come on down.